How's it going, Yankee fans? Welcome back to Fireside Yankees with your boys, Alex and Ryan. So, pitchers and catchers reporting today. A lot of other Yankee players already down in spring training. This is what we have been waiting for. Things are starting to heat up. News is starting to flow. And we got you guys covered on every single angle and perspective and everything you guys need to know about this Yankee team heading into 2024. It's going to be a fun one. We're really excited about Juan Soto, Verdugo, obviously the additions we made this offseason. Of course, we have a couple of needs. Maybe we need another starting pitcher. Jim Bowden believes the Yankees ultimate land Blake Snell, but the Yankees made a couple of low-key moves yesterday. You know, they released a bullpen arm, designated him for assignment, brought in a former top prospect, a guy that plays third base now and was once considered a shortstop, but we'll talk about those two guys, and of course, a, for- a familiar bullpen arm actually uh, in return coming back, so that's probably why they felt like they could you know, let Crook go. Uh, we'll talk about him, obviously, what, why they made this move. And then bringing back Lou Trevino, who's with the team. They haven't reported anything. There's nothing to say he's under contract, but he's with the team at spring training. So it's safe to say he's going to get a chance to compete and win a job. Uh, but Ryan, before we dive into the latest spring training news, how are you doing today, my friend? I'm doing great. You know, we've got spring training right around the corner, pitches and catches reporting. It's cool to see videos of guys actually back in action. Um, you know, we're going to have baseball content. It's good. It's not like, you know, hey, uh, will the New York Yankees, you know, trade for Dylan Cease for the 15th time? It's, again, better than the Profar conversations. I, I will never forget having to sit here and talk about jerks and freaking Profar for like three weeks, man. It was bad. Uh, but look, there is a lot to be excited about. But as it pertains to the news that have come out in the last 48 hours, um, you know, I, I think the Groshans pickup. I'm not like super all in on like, oh, he's going to be this guy. He's going to keep around this or that. I honestly, I wouldn't be shocked if they got like DFA'd again. The Yankees have brought in so many guys on the waiver wire and then just, just DFA them. It's always been like a rotating door, uh, but he does have intrigue. Uh, he was a firmer first round pick. Actually, was like the 12th overall pick in the 2018 draft. Um, he is entering his age 24 season. He's not like a 27 or 28 year old. You know, he is only a few months older than a guy like Oswald Peraza. He's actually younger than a guy like Austin Wells. Personally, I believe that his skills, uh, you know, the contact skills are there. Uh, defensively, kind of not really sure because it's not like he moved off of shortstop because he's a terrible athlete. It's more so because he just kept dealing with foot problems and, you know, they had to shift him to third base. He just couldn't keep it up at shortstop without getting hurt or, you know, the injuries at some point were going to start slowing him down. Uh, you know, personally, I, I think he'll slot in fine at third. Maybe he'll play some second. He's played some first in the outfield, I think, as well in AAA. Uh, you know, the power tool is really, it's not good. Like, the power tool, he has no power or no game power. Maybe that's something the Yankees are able to work with. He will be here at spring training. So, you know, I'd be shocked if they just cut him, you know, like today. Uh, maybe they do it because of Trevino. But if they were going to cut him for Trevino, they could have just cut Crook, Crook for Trevino, which we'll talk about in a little bit. So, you know, there's definitely some interest because they made the claim and we're right around the pitchers and catchers reporting. Uh, but as it pertains to uh, Crook, I mean, the velocity just wasn't really good enough. He kept getting hurt. Uh, he didn't pitch well at the major league level. And as you alluded to, you know, the Yankees just have a bevy of bullpen arms. I'm not saying I wouldn't take a flyer on Matt Crook. I actually think he will not pass through waivers. I think a team's going to pick him up pretty quickly. Um, but it's just, it's a matter of, I, I, I understand why the Yankees aren't going to keep him around. Like, I, I can't, you know, sit here and say the Yankees need to, you know, keep a left-hander around who hasn't performed well at the major league level is a massive injury risk, and you have a bevy of guys coming up. Hampton might start the year in AAA. Warren, you know, if he doesn't make the major league team, obviously will be in AAA. Beater, Gomez, uh, Heal, Poteet, Morris. Like, they have a bevy of guys who are going to be major league caliber arms and then I think have a little more upside or at least, you know, can stay healthier than a guy like Crook. So I understand that their decision there to go with, you know, hey, let's just axe Crook off the 40-man. There's also not a lot of guys in the 40-man that you can realistically say should get the axe. 
relax. Uh, you know, you can feel however you want to feel about like Ron Marnaccio, but if you want to DFA Ron Marnaccio, I think that would be an insane move to make. I, I think that would be overreactionary, especially considering he still has minor league options and he's another guy who could contribute for you this year and, and potentially bounce back. Um, and, and you know, looking at the addition of Lou Trevino, at first I thought, oh, this is a minor league contract, but. I think it might be a major league one. Alex, teams could start placing uh, relievers or, or players, excuse me, not just relievers on the 60 day IL. The Yankees can sign uh, Lou Trevino. They would have to make a corresponding move. I wonder if that's Groshans, but they would have to make a corresponding move, but they can place him on the 60 uh, day IL uh, to open the year and he won't eat up a 40 man roster spot, which I think is the important thing here. Uh, so yeah, like overall, like for all the shuffling they've done around, I think they've gotten better in their bullpen depth and Groshans, he might be interesting. We'll see. Again, former 12th overall pick. There's at least some potential there. Yeah, I mean, look, Crook, I, I get it. We Our bullpen is so strong. We have Scott Efros coming back. You know, uh, there's no reason. You know, obviously, we got Ferguson. There's no reason to have Matt Crook just taking up a AAA spot at this point. Yankees have some other arms they want to usher in and get more opportunities to. Maybe guys like Clayton Beater for what it's worth. So, you know, I kind of feel like that was a move that we kind of saw coming um you guys probably have no idea who matt crook is or at least some of you that's probably because he didn't really get many opportunities only had four innings pitched last year uh in the mlb in in general for the yankees and you know his strikeouts dipped his uh he has a problem walking batters he's not that great so you know looking at jordan groshans this is my take on jordan groshans like you said his power tool is not really there he's not that good when it comes to actually you know hitting for power and actually making a difference in that regard uh but it's it, like it's only three or four years removed from putting together like straight up elite numbers in the minor league system. Again, it, take it with a grain of salt. He had a foot injury in 2019. It derailed his development. He, his numbers just kind of spiraled out of control from there. Um, but you know, he played 31 games in with Miami's AAA affiliate in 2022, and he hit 301 with 398 OBP and a 416 slugging rate. Um, you know, obviously, like you say, he's not going to hit a lot of home runs, but he has a decent eye. Um, regularly, you know, clocks in below 20% strikeout rate. Uh, obviously, you know, last year wasn't so good. He hit 243 in AAA over 125 games, 339 OBP, 330 slugging, like literally has no power. Six homers, 60 RBIs. Um, he only has, what, 17 games of MLB experience where he hit 262. So he actually is, his batting average isn't bad. And that's probably why the Yankees are like, well, you know, has a decent batting average. Maybe we could boost his on base percentage. Like he could be a relative, like a decent reserve, a decent supplement at a very cheap cost. Um, and, you know, maybe they, they're kind of looking at him like, hey, you know, you know, if we need any help at third base and Oswald Peraza isn't playing well, maybe Jordan Groshans can help uh, fill that role or fill that job if, you know, we have any injuries or inconsistencies that we need to supplement. So, like, there is potential there. And I'll also say this, Ryan, you know, you talked about the the, the, the slugging metrics. He had a 37.5% hard hit rate over that 17-game sample size in, in the MLB. Um 2.1% barrel rate. He makes not very good contact. Um, 87.1 average exit velocity, but a 107 max exit velocity. So it's not that bad in terms of max power. Um, the five degree launch angle is what concerns me the most. If the Yankees, and this is why I think there's actually potential here. The Yankees are good at three things. Improving launch angle, improving hard hit rate, and improving exit velocity. That's like the three things that they're good at helping players improve. Those are all of Jordan Groshan's weaknesses, Right. If they get his bat swing, his bat path, the swing path a little bit more elevated, um, they get make him like a little bit more better contact, maybe tweak his fundamentals to generate more power from his lower half. 
you could see him like hit a couple more home runs. There could be a little bit more power to his game. And if I'm the Yankees, that's where I'm looking. I'm looking like I don't want this guy to be a pure contact hitter. Um, I feel as though there might be some untapped potential there, some untapped power. Let's see if we can get it. I mean, for what it's worth, Ryan, he's six foot three. Uh, and 200 pounds, like he could add a little bit more mass and generate more power from his lower body. In my opinion, I feel like he may not have be using his lower body to generate a lot of power, and that may be where he's not not getting a lot of support from. Obviously, he has a lot of injuries to his lower body, so maybe teams have been looking to make him more contact oriented to try to take some of that pressure off his lower body. But at this point, he's getting injured no matter what or anyway, so you might as well try to maximize his value. And maybe a different workout uh, regimen, maybe a different strength uh, and conditioning kind of uh, strategy will go a long way for Groshans. But he's 24 years old, guys. Like like you said, he's young. He's the same age as Austin Wells. Um, I think giving up on a player that's 24 years old, maybe even he has a couple injury injuries in the past, I feel like they're, that's just, you know, Usually not a great idea. I mean, Esteban Florio is, what, 25 years old now? They let him walk, obviously. Groshans is a year younger than that. So, I, I wouldn't be opposed to stashing him in AAA. I don't think he's making an MLB roster. I don't think he's making the Yankees roster. But stash him in AAA. Let him compete at third base. If he ends up playing well, they end up he ends up kind of adjusting his game, his fundamentals, tweaking some things and getting a little bit more power under his swing, um, getting a little bit healthier. Maybe there's value there. Maybe the Yankees can use him as a decent supplementary option if DJ LeMahieu misses any time or Peraza misses any time and they need a third baseman. Groshans can be um, a guy who plugs and plays there, at least just to hold down the position, hold down the four until a guy returns. So, you know, I, I could see value there. I see value there. But what are your thoughts about improving his slugging metrics? Obviously, he's never been a hard hit kind of guy, but he has good size. Like, I feel like there is something Yankees can do to tweak his fundamentals, tw- tweak his stuff to produce a little bit more power. Yeah, so the thing I was going to say was, you know, for every guy that you claim that doesn't really amount to anything, there's a Gio Urshela, right? Like, that's probably the best way to put it. For every, you know, you, you claim, a, uh, I don't know, you, you claim a uh, a Tyler Wade or you claim a, uh, you know, a, again, just a guy who just exists on your roster, you don't really play the much. You know, last year it was like a Jamie Westbrook or, you know, even, I mean, I, I'd go as far as to say, like, just anybody that's on your AAA team that's a veteran that doesn't have a lot of major league experience or does but hasn't succeeded there, you know, there's, there as you mentioned, you know, there's that chance that you claim a guy who has something you develop well and the Yankees do develop power well. Like, if you look at guys like Billy McKinney, Jake Bowers, uh, you know, I know that both of them didn't you know, light it up, but they were both like reliable hitters at some point for the team during stretches of last year. Uh, you know, I know that like we've, and, and I'm not saying I'm not part of this, but I've definitely been like, yeah, we have to start Jake Bowers anymore. And that is an upgrade. Don't get me wrong. Uh, but the Yankees got a lot out of their power tools. Like those were not guys who crushed the baseball with uh, frequency until they got to the Yankee organization. And look, Jake Bowers, the Brewers traded a top 30 prospect to get him in, in their organization, not in all of baseball. Uh, and then for the, the Billy McKinney deal, you know, the, the Pirates gave the Yankees international free agent money. The Yankees could just DFA'd him. The Pirates were willing to give them something, right? So they have at least some merit of major league value. It, teams have some interest in having them on their rosters. And that wasn't the case until they came to the Yankee organization. Am I saying that Groshan's going to come up and start, you know, crushing the baseball, you know, 115 max exit velocity, all that stuff? No, but what I am saying is that, you know, and what you're alluding to as well is the skills he don't, he doesn't have offensively are the skills the Yankees are good at developing. That's really it. Like, that isn't uh, us saying he's going to be good. That isn't us saying he's going to be a bust. That isn't us saying he's going to change the Yankees' outlook. That's just us making an observation, right? That's the best way to put it. Uh, and look, I, I think that the Yankees have done a good job of, you know, throwing out a, a wide net or casting out a wide net of, um, 
interesting additions in the minor league free agent market. I know that, that oftentimes gets overlooked, but you know, as it pertains to a guy like Lou Trevino, for example, the Yankees have done a good job of, I think, getting minor league free agent depth and, and collecting guys on, you know, smaller contracts that could give them surplus value. You know, Luke Weaver, Cody Poteet, Cody Morris. This is kind of the first time I, I feel like the Yankees have given Matt Blake the opportunity to say, all right, here are a bunch of guys that don't have an established track record of, of major league success. Let's see what you can do. Usually the Yankees go for guys who are established major leaguers. They go for guys who have a lot of experience. Like last year, Albert Abreu had the longest leash in the world because he didn't have options and he was familiar with the roster. You know, uh, even guys, I mean, in the rotation, right? Like they were willing to go to bullpen games before they even experimented. Michael King didn't get a shot to start until August, right? Like they, they were not, they are not an organization that has been very experimental. I think last year they tried to experiment and they worked out, right? Like Michael King goes to the rotation, that worked. Luke Weaver gets picked up, that worked. Going to bullpen games, that worked, right? Like when you let them be creative and let the pitching guys be experimental with their uh, philosophies and their game plans, it worked, man. Like they pitched a lot better. They were an awful pitching team all year. And then that final stretch, you know, they finally, you know, not that they finally said, you know, that they were done trying old ways or anything like that, but I think they were just given a window to be experimental because the team wasn't very good. Uh, you know, obviously some of that was circumstance as well. Guys got hurt. Like I think Severino would have kept starting had he not gotten hurt. But, you know, when he stopped starting, the Yankees were able to put in Weaver and try different things. I just think the big thing here is that Having fluidity in your rotation, in your pitching staff, in your roster, give your smart guys the opportunity to get more out of pitchers and give those pitchers a chance to play, right? Like give them a chance to experiment. Look, I don't care that in WFAN, they're going to be calling Cody Morris a nobody. I care that Matt Blake likes his profile. Same thing with Cody Poteet. Same thing with Luke Weaver. I block out the noise of people who are talking about these guys as nobodies because I don't, I don't care that you've never, that you don't know who they are. I don't care that they don't have a lot of major league success. I care about what the Yankees view them as. Do the Yankees have a strong evaluation on those players? You know, we see this concept a lot in football and it's kind of escaped baseball for some reason. In football, you get guys who you can scheme well, who fit your scheme, who fit your developmental systems and the coaches and all that stuff, right? We talk about for like a quarterback, you know, this team should draft this quarterback because he fits their offensive scheme. This team drafted this linebacker earlier than expected because he fits a lot of the tool. He has a lot of the tools that fit well in their defensive scheme. It, the same kind of concepts apply for baseball, right? The Yankees do a really good job of developing breaking balls. So they acquired Morris, Poteet, and Weaver, who all have a good forcing fastball, a good feel for a cutter, a good feel for their changeup, but just need a better breaking ball. That's something the Yankees develop well. I imagine at least one of those guys will contribute this year. You know, on the offense side of things, when it applies to Groshans and kind of tying the point back here, uh, you know, the Yankees do a really good job of developing guys to hit for more power, right? They've gotten better at that. They've, they've really gotten guys to hit the ball a lot harder. So why not bring in a guy who their one deficiency is they can't hit the ball hard because you can improve that skill. That's mentioned 6'3", 200 pounds. This isn't a guy who's undersized. This is a guy who, if he can really, you know, size up and, and, and get to, and tap into that physical strength, can hit the ball a lot harder. So again, guys, when we're looking at minor league for agents, look, you can be mad that the Yankees aren't signing Blake Snell and, and Jordan Montgomery one day and then another day. The Yankees aren't making a blockbuster move every day. Uh, but when it comes to are the Yankees signing nobodies? Are the Yankees picking up nobodies? These guys may seem like nobodies, but I guarantee you one or two of these guys will become a somebody and will be sitting here and talking about how great they are by the end of the year. Yeah, that's how it always goes for the Yankees. I always manage to find uh, decent value out of guys that we don't even know where they're coming from. But again, you don't want to be pigeonholed into a spot where we're relying on Gio Urshela's or Luke Voigt's to carry this team. Last year, the Yankees tried to go down that route. You know, they didn't have enough talent in the outfield. Obviously, what you, what you find out pretty quickly 
is that all the all the depth, all the supplements were god awful. IKF in the outfield. I mean, freaking give me a break, guys. Franchi Cordero, give me a freaking break. Like sometimes it does not work. In fact, most times it doesn't work. Urshela and Luke Voigt are anomalies. Um, so I feel like right now the Yankees are positioned better because they have better depth. But you don't ever want to see a guy like Jordan Groshans playing for the Yankees because it means we are really down bad. You know, we are really down bad at a position, and you know we are thin and we have no other choice. So that's kind of my take on it. But again, like if he can develop and, and take what the Yankees give him and run with it and get better, who's to say he can't be a serviceable player down the road? So for the time being, I'm cool stashing him. Um, he has a couple of minor league options, which is good. He's only 24. So I feel like, you know, maybe it's worthwhile to give him some reps in AAA, see if he can uh, develop some skills and we'll go from there. But guys, today is going to be some uh, plenty of news to going around probably. I know Aaron, Aaron Boone is projected to speak today, so we'll probably get some more information there. Um, and obviously anything that is worthwhile discussing. We got you guys covered here on the Fireside Yankees Pro podcast. Make sure to like and subscribe as always. And we'll catch you guys on the next one.